Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Now, this week is episode 10, a big, epic milestone for podcasts. You may not think about it, but 10 episodes in is actually pretty good for podcasts. There are many, many podcasts that um, don't make it past two, three episodes, Uh, There's a lot more work that needs to go into a podcast that many people think about, especially long-form interview podcasts. That is something that I'm new to. Uh, I've never done a long-form interview podcast before. Usually it was just sitting around uh, and talking about television shows or talking about news or entertainment news. This is my first long-form interview podcast, and there's a lot of work that goes into it. So to be 10 episodes in is awesome. It's a time to celebrate. At the same time as it's a time to celebrate, what we're celebrating this episode is failure. That's right. We're celebrating failure this week because I sat down, and this was supposed to be a show where I sat down and talked to the one, the only, the awesome uh, Jeff Stormer from Party of One Podcast. We were supposed to sit down this week, uh, and we did. We sat down and chatted, and um, when I went back and listened to the episode, about 20 minutes in, less than that... um, you know, he started answering me before I was asking questions or, or responding to me before I was talking. It was like he's one person who um, is is all about his future self, talking to his past self. Heck, if you listen to uh, the last episode that he put out where uh, about it was a Doctor Who themed show that I was in. He actually has a TARDIS. I didn't even know this. He has a TARDIS. He's a man that's experienced with time travel. So maybe that was part of the issue is that um, he just knew what I was going to say before, uh, you know, I said it. But I went and listened to the episode I recorded with Jason Ashley from Too Cool for Tabletop. Same thing happened about 20 minutes in. My good friend Joe Kaliva, same thing happened there. And my new friend, my new super friend, Derek Kanyas, um, who is a DJ and AIDS activist out of, uh, out of Georgia, I believe. Um, he, same thing happened with that episode. And uh, my heart broke a little bit because that was a lot of time and effort that I put into the show. Um, that was for me approximately five, five and a half, if not longer hours of my life throughout the course of two or three weeks that I sat down and recorded and talked to these people. But worse than that was that these were all people who took time out of their day, um, at least an hour, um, two for some of them. Uh, and I had to come back to them and um, with my tail between my legs and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. The audio that I got from our interview is, is corrupt. Like it, it recorded you over top of me. Um, I, I don't know what happened. I am so, so sorry. And uh, it hurt to do that. Like I felt like an asshole. Um, I, to be perfectly honest, I felt like a complete asshole. Um, I wasted these people's times uh, and... Um, I felt horrible about it, uh, but you know, I, I went back to him. I asked him if they would all redo the show, and without any kind of hesitation, without any kind of like um, what, like them being upset, they didn't sound upset. There was no indication that they were pissed about this. 
they all, all four of them said, yes, absolutely. I enjoyed the show. It was so much fun that I will more than willing do it again. And that is such a cool, cool feeling um, that, I mean, in the 10 years of podcasting that I've been doing, uh, I, I've had a lot of cool feelings. My first ever live show uh, at Doc Watson's, um, hitting uh, that first like 100 people to download the show, the first 500 people, the first 1,000 people, um, going live and, and seeing thousands of people, millions of people watching the show, like all these cool things. I don't think anything is as cool as having four people who you literally just talked to within the last three weeks say, yeah, absolutely. We'll do it again. Like we understand, like it's not a big deal. Um, it, you know, we're, we're getting ready to launch a Patreon page and, and we'll explain more about that when we do it. But in, in the, in the things that I'm starting to type, like I refer to our fans as, as super friends. Um, and without a doubt, Jeff Stormer, Jason Ashley, Joe Kaliva and Derek Kanyas are the f- first official members of my super friends, of, of Mike's super friends, of, of the um, whatever, the Crude Humor Studios super friends. Like they are so awesome, so cool um, to, to do this. Um, they were cool enough to say yes the first time. And, and now that they're saying yes a second time, so soon after they already talked to me, um, it's just cool, you know, uh, and I can't thank them enough. And I've, I, anyone, I've talked to some of them already, uh, and have thanked them over and over and over again. Um, so I just want to say that publicly to all four of them. Now that I'm, I'm recording this intro, uh, it means a lot guys. Um, if I didn't say it to you before, you know, I, I meant to, uh, regardless, like this means the world to me that, you were so willing to just come back on the show. It, it, it's, it may not seem a lot to, to you guys, um, but it does mean a lot to me. So that being said, um, let's get some business out of the way. Uh, make sure you check us out on awesomepodcast.com. I know right now that website just kind of takes you to a category page on thatentertains.com. Uh, I'm getting ready to revamp that. I have other things that I'm working on that I, I need to do, but um, that's a good place to go to just find all the past episodes of our show. Um, and you should also be subscribing to us on iTunes because that's another way that you can see our entire backlog, uh, of shows while you're on iTunes, please, please. I know you're probably listening to this in your car and whatnot, but if you can just put a little mental note, um, when you get to your desk or whatever, and and when you're on iTunes subscribing to our podcast, just leave a quick review, uh, and you know, preferably five stars, but you know, be honest, um, I'm hoping that even if there's some flaws to this show that, uh, you see a lot of potential in it and that you enjoy listening to all our guests. Um, and that's cool because iTunes has some sort of equation or ag- algorithm that, you know, the more reviews you have, the, the more higher star reviews you have, they start to feature it or they put it higher up on the list when you search for things. And, um, that's like kind of one of the things that I haven't done in the 10 years of my podcasting is like seeing my show featured on iTunes. And that would be like just super cool. And, you know, I would really enjoy if all you super friends out there could do that. Um, and while you're there, make sure you check out, uh, Jeff Stormer's podcast, Party of One Pod. Um, he's a lifesaver. He told me of the software I should be using to help, uh, with recording remote podcasts. And, um, 
and he's just an excellent storyteller. I love everything that he does. Um, the episode that he put out after my Doctor Who episode, uh, I'm only about 10, maybe 15 minutes into it. And it's like, it's a, it's an emotional one. Like it's so, it's an amazing little story that he's, he's telling with his guest. Um, same thing with Jason Ashley, uh, the host of Too Cool for Tabletop. While you're on iTunes, subscribe to his podcast. Um, another great, excellent storyteller, creator of worlds. Um, subscribe to his podcast. Leave some love for him on the reviews and ratings there. Uh, Joe Kalieva, uh, who is not really known for podcasting. He's in a hiatus right now. He's thinking about bringing his podcast back shortly. Um, but the Bluegrass Byway, go check that out on iTunes while you're there. Show it some love. Um, and, uh, Derek Kanya's, um, he, uh, I, I will have to get you his, uh, promotional stuff, uh, later. Cause he's not like, he's a hard guy to find, find him on, uh, on Twitter, just search his name and you'll, and you'll see him. Um, he, he, and hashtag, if, if you have something to say about AIDS, hashtag and stigma, um, he's a big activist in the AIDS community and you'll hear a little bit about it today in this week's episode, because what we're going to do, um, this week's episode is kind of a what could have been episode. You know, I'm, I'm treating it like a best of, pulling clips and putting it into uh, the show here. Uh, but it's stuff that's never been out before. So instead of a best of, this is a what could have been. So I'm going to give you the first couple minutes of each episode that we had with one of uh, one of these people. And, um, and just to get something out this week that you guys can listen to and you can you know, hear a little bit about each one of these guests because they are super cool. I can't, you know, say that enough about them. So coming up first, um, and make sure you follow each one of them on Twitter at Party of One Pod, at TCFT Podcast on Twitter, at Joe Kaliva on Twitter, and I'm hoping I'm getting this right, at DJ Rex 85 on Twitter. Um, check them all out on Twitter, uh, or search for them by name, Jeff Stormer, Jason Ashley, Joe Kaliva, Derek Kanyas, uh, that's C-A-N-A-S. Um, and, and follow them on Twitter, show them as much love, thank them for doing this show again so you can hear more of their stories or just hear more conversation. Uh, Jeff Stormer, we're in the process of trying to schedule something out for his, uh, return to Everything is Awesome, so he's going to be a little bit later in the schedule than we normally, uh, would have had him scheduled. Um, but you're about to sit down and listen to Jeff Stormer talk about his origins in tabletop RPG, uh, which include Middle Earth role-playing, uh, and includes me kind of going back and forth with him about my origins and, and a lot more. So um, without further ado, here is a little portion of what should have been this week's guest, Jeff Stormer, right here, only on awesomepodcast.com. This week's guest is a first. It's a first in that it's the first person on this show I've talked to who I don't know. So it could be awkward. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but it's been a long time since I've sat down to talk st- uh, to someone that I haven't been at least close to in some fashion him and i have sat down and talked once on his podcast which we'll get to in just a moment but uh the the thing about the internet today is it opens up uh your mind to brand new things and table is huge now uh and you know thank part and thanks to uh, uh will wheaton and his tabletop and all these other podcasts out there doing their own thing and it seems like uh tabletop rpg in particular for the podcast world is huge right now and if it wasn't for his first episode that i happen to download because i'm a completist i need to listen to everything if it wasn't for the wrestling theme and 
Also, the, his guest, uh, Noah, who I met maybe a month before that at a I Like to Movie Movie Live event, I probably wouldn't have given this podcast a second listen. All the stars aligned because it was it was great, and I've listened to every episode since. I've been on an episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of one-shot tabletop, Jeff Storm. Hello, hello. So how are you oh, doing? So thank well. you for doing the show. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. So... Uh, you know, I, I like to this show, and you said you've listened. Anyone that knows this show, we go on random tangents. I'm not going to hold you to your story. Uh, I like to, you know, for for you, uh, the the awesome thing I see is that you're kind of a tabletop player. You're a podcaster too, but uh, we'll see where the story takes us. But I kind of want to start with your origin story. I want to start with like where, how did tabletop gaming become a, a thing for you? Well, it, there's a there's an interesting story there. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a long story there's some twists and turns but uh i think it's a good one yeah if you know this podcast twists and turns are our that's Perfect. our niche um so the story as i remember it because it starts a very it starts a long time ago is i was eight i want to say between eight and ten because it would have been between like 96 and 98 so i was because okay. this was uh at the time my family was living in like super rural oklahoma Oh wow! So, so you're not from Pennsylvania or? Oh uh, well, originally. I grew up. Uh, I we moved to born in Colorado. We moved to New Jersey, like central New Jersey, around when I was very, very young, like two or three, maybe, maybe earlier than that. And I grew up. I spent most of my life in Jersey, and then moved to Philly about like five, six years ago. But uh, there was a okay. period in the middle where I lived in a few different places: uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, Ohio. And then I went to school in Ohio, like college school. Okay, that's an that's that's interesting. That's an interesting, and that's a, a story we can get into later. We don't have to. Let's talk tabletop. Uh, so, 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 we're in nine. super rural Oklahoma, and my brother. the The story that I remember it was my brother had a copy of a. I was really into. Uh, video. I love video games. I should establish that I love video games. But I'm not very good at them. Okay, yeah, I can feel but the thing that there. I've always been really into, I've always had a weird fascination with video game like guide manuals. And I, I couldn't explain it as a child, but I just loved reading video game manuals. That's that's interesting. I I'm I want to say I'm the same way. I don't necessarily like reading the game manuals, but we um me and my buddies were were all super into the Final Fantasy series. And, uh, my, my one buddy in particular, we would every summer just basically hang out all the time and play final, the American final fantasy two, yep. which is final fantasy four. And he'd play. And I like back in the day, these manuals mm-hmm. almost had like a strategy guide in the end of it. And I would like read the manual. It was weird. I've always oh, been more of a exactly watcher. Like way. I love playing video games. But yeah, it's and that's why like today's video games are I'm uh like the cinematic the the like Last of Us uh, is is more of a story. I could sit there and watch all the cutscenes and be oh absolutely it's a, yeah it's a, it's they're, they're beautiful nowadays. They're just it's just uh, it's amazing. Yeah, and I will forgive. I can even forgive bad mm-hmm. uh, graphics yeah, yeah, yeah. for good story. That's in any medium if you give me a good story it doesn't have to be perfect yeah. acting it doesn't have to be perfect writing it doesn't have to be perfect graphics tell me a good, story. a good story if you can tell a good enough story you can basically wipe away wipe away any you know hiccup in your story exactly so exactly. yeah so i've always i was and my brother had a copy of this book 
that it said on it, uh, I, I like snuck up behind him while he was playing a video game and saw that he had this book that said on it, Middle Earth Role Playing Game. And I, I, I remember being a big fan of role playing games because they had like big elaborate maps and monsters on them. Like, like I was big into like Dragon Warrior and exactly. stuff. So I stole it. Like I snatched it yeah, and ran. Yeah. And hit somewhere and started flipping through it. And, like, I eventually, like, I started flipping through it. None of it made sense to me. I read, I, I eventually would read it cover to cover. None of it would make sense to me still. Because the thing is, as I would learn as I got older, Middle Earth role-playing is an insanely complicated tabletop role-playing game that was designed for, like, people that didn't think that Dungeons & Dragons had enough roll, like, enough percentile dice in it. Oh, yeah! So it was a, the, oh, the Uber nerd. nerd game. Like there are, there were. There's probably a hundred pages of charts in it to determine like critical hits. To determine oh, wow. like you chop their tongue off. Now they can't speak anymore. And it's I revisit. I actually reread the <laughs> game not long ago, maybe last summer. And I still like still chunks of it where I'm like, I was eight. What was I? What was I doing here? I, I can only imagine uh, just today. So my history in tabletop is like, I've only played a handful of times as I told you on your show. Um, and once was like back in high school. Uh, so this was, I think it was ninth grade. So this is back in like 98 ish, I guess. Um, we, the, a teacher had like a, a D and D club or wanted to start a D&D club. And me and like a handful of friends went to it, but no one took it seriously, so I bailed, and most of my buddies bailed. Uh, then we played one other time at some point in our lives. Sure, sure, sure. Again, not taken seriously, so we bailed. And then I've played one other time before. Everyone took it seriously to a degree, but it wasn't much prep work, so I kind of got angry and left. And then, sure. uh, and mind you, this was like within the last year, so I'm in, like, that was 30, <laughs> so I acted like a child at 30. Uh, and today I just created a new character cause I'm, I'm going back to that group because we kind of have some podcast plans nice. for the D and D, uh, games now. Thanks to, uh, in part to you and, um, and, and one of your oh, previous Jason, guests, Jason Jason's Ash- Ash- Ashley from Two Cool Tabletop. I gotta have him back on the show. I've been thinking about that. He's so, he's so nice and so cool. Yeah. He's, yes, he, he, uh, we, and him and I have been going back and forth on emails, uh, to get him on, on this show. And, um, but because of you guys, like, I'm like, I really want to go back to this whole idea. And we had years ago had the idea of podcasting D and D like before it was cool. Mm -hmm. We had the idea. We just never did it. We could never find the group to do it. And, and now we're taking it to the next level. Like, let's, maybe we can do it live. And that's a whole nother story. But I was like, I want to get into it. Like, let's, let's do my character sheet. And like, I did part of it with my buddy who's the DM. And then I did part of it on my own afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I, I was completely lost on fourth edition character uh, creation. And I don't know, I don't know how complicated it really is to like an, an average person or just a, a tabletop player in general. But I was, I, my mind was blown how much I had to do. So I can only imagine if, if middle earth RPG it's, is more it, intense. It's That's insane. insane. And here's the thing. I was eight years old. I had not read the hop. Like I had not read anything middle earth. So I had no idea what any of it meant. I only knew, like, what an elf was because they showed up in video games. Like, I kind of – I knew, like, the basics. But, like, the thing is, 
it gets so insanely detailed about the minutia of things in Middle Earth. Like, like I, I just, I always, I will always remember that my first character that I rolled up, I, and I rolled him up wrong in like a million ways that I didn't realize until really last summer when I re- went back into the game, was a black <laughs> Numenorian. And I don't know if you remember the black Numenorians from Lord of the Rings. But they are mentioned one. They're mentioned in like two lines. I do not. Maybe. <laughs> like they're not a thing. Okay. They're literally. Okay. Yeah, it's insane the level yeah, of like that's... three page descriptions of a race that shows up half a time. All right, and we're back. Thanks yet again, Jeff. Um, you were uh, you you are so cool. You're a super friend in many ways. You are uh, the first podcast I've been a guest on in over two or three years at this point, um, you had me lost in the story of, um, the Dr. Who game we played. Uh, you're just that good of a storyteller. Um, you lose me every week, uh, in, in what you, um, do with your podcast and the stories that you tell. Um, and, and you, you know, it's rare that I need tech advice cause I'm a tech guy, but like you came in with uh, a life saving application to record podcasts with guys like you who we can't be in the same studio with. So thanks to Jeff for being on the show a few weeks ago or for recording a few weeks ago, uh, for having me on his show and, uh, for coming back in a few weeks to re-record his interview. Make sure you check him out on Twitter at partyonepod.com. Go to iTunes, download his show, rate, review, subscribe. Coming up next, uh, Jason Ashley, who I, I heard of through Jeff's podcast, Party of One. Jason Ashley hosts the uh, popular tabletop RPG podcast, Too Cool for Tabletop. Uh, and it's uh, really, a really cool show. I'm not going to really get into the, the, what the show is about. It's about tabletop RPGs. Um, he, he runs a campaign, but that's something that I want to talk about in our actual interview that you didn't get to hear, uh, in this clip coming up, but we do, um, get into some important things like storytelling cause he is an excellent storytelling and his origins into tabletop, which is Magic the Gathering leading to D&D. Uh, he has a theory that video games will lead you into being a serial killer. Uh, it's a pretty funny theory. Um, and then he talks a little bit about being a player versus a dungeon master. Uh, so without further ado, here's the, the one, the only, the, the creator of worlds, another great storyteller, Jason Ashley from Too Cool for Tabletop. This week's guest, we kind of teased last week when we talked to Jeff Stormer from Party of One. Um, he came up in conversation because he's been on the other show and he was scheduled to be on this show and it's stars had to align for me to listen to party of one, uh, listen to this episode that our guest was on and be able to, to, I don't know if it was the guest, the fact that the guest had his own tabletop RP, uh, RPG podcast that I've been getting into recently, uh, or if the story was just that good or all of it combined led me to go check out his podcast. And it was close enough to Party on One where it was started off as one shot adventures that it caught my attention. It was familiar, but it was different enough to to be unique to set it aside from party one where it included more people uh where you can get more in-depth story more character development um and it just captured my imagination 
this week we have another great storyteller on, another creator of worlds, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from Too Cool for Tabletop, Jason Ashley. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I do want to say one thing Kevin is probably too nice to tell you, is that I totally bailed on him before when I was supposed to record. But uh, we, we managed to make this work. I didn't bail. I'm here and we're doing it and I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, you know what? I've uh, so I've been doing podcasting for oh, I don't know, almost ten years, uh, and in various different shows. And I'm at the point at like I'm I'm 31. I'll be 32, where I'm just a patient man. <laughs> I just email a bunch of people or text a bunch of people and say, "Do you want to be on the show?" And then it all falls together. So I'm in no rush. I don't feel like you bailed. I was going to give you another week before I emailed you and harassed you again. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things like whenever we do our podcast, um, the people that are on my show, my regulars, I am like militant. I, I'll send them emails and Facebook messages and we have a Facebook group for um, orchestrating timelines. And I'm like, you will be here. We will start at this time. Yada, yada, yada. Like that is me. And then for me to completely skip a day and then email you the next morning like, hey, so I forgot I was going to be on your show. Like that's that's just not me at all. So I don't know what happened, but uh, you've been a well, you've been a gracious host. So thank you for not holding it against me. Not a problem. And you know what? It's two different worlds. You have uh, a a whole universe that you're trying to you know tell a story for, uh, and I am interviewing people and uh, not very good <laughs> at it. I just like to talk. So I feel like that's um, the only prerequisite for a podcast is you just have to like to talk and then you can do a podcast like that's all it takes. It's it's um, and this is I'm a I'm a Kevin Smith fan. So mm, gotcha. Um, I, I, uh, I go with his philosophy. If you're passionate, everyone's a storyteller. So if you're passionate about something, you can pick up a microphone and have a podcast. And now's the time to do it because it's, you know, it's not regular. Um, so. Uh, let's get into you and why you're awesome and what awesome things you do. Um, let's kind of, and I think based off of, um, some, you know, I, I dived in to, t- uh, too cool for tabletop from episode one, uh, because I'm a completist. I, I need sure. to, especially with what yeah. you're doing. It's, it's a story. You need to start at episode one. So I dived in and I binged it in about a week hmm. or two. Cause it was just, it captured my cool, imagination. Cool. Um, and the, the, there was a bonus episode, I believe, where you kind of went into some, some history of, uh, you and tabletop, but for the new listeners of your show, for my listeners, uh, let's, uh, go to your origin story of tabletop gaming. Uh, my origin story is very simple and it's a story I love to tell, but, um, essentially, I mean, I was, I was never into, Tabletop games, Magic the Gathering, D&D, Risk, anything like that. Like, that was not me. Middle school, high school, never, ever once. Um, even really through college, I never did it. Um, right when I got out of college, um, I moved back to my hometown. And every Friday, it was like, let's get together and do something. And all, you know, all my friends were like, oh, we're playing Magic. We're playing Magic. We're playing Magic. So I thought, okay, you know, um, I'm going to go buy a starter deck just so that I can have something to do with these people on Friday. Well, I made the mistake oh. of winning my first ever game, so then I was hooked and was <laughs> like, if I could have this sense of superiority every time I play this game, I've got to keep playing. Um, so I got really yeah. hooked on that, and one night we were playing, and I made the joke about, you know, what are we going to do next, play Dungeons & Dragons? Cut to about two months later, and we're all playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and um, I'll never forget my first character ever was an elf rogue named Asgaratha. Um, 
I was a dual uh, dagger-wielding badass, and I still love that character to this day. Um, <clears throat> but we started playing that and it's... then ended up making some jokes about if we were going to start LARPing next because of what happened with Magic and then D&D. And then that's kind of where this story comes to its conclusion. Is I, I That's when I kind of came up with this theory. Like, you start with video games, you gradually move into, like, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, whatever card game is your poison, then into Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder and tabletop games, then into LARPing, and then that final step is you just commit and become a serial killer. I feel like that's that's where it goes to. Like, that's the trajectory. Once you get there, you've completed it, and it's done. So I haven't made it to LARPing, so I'm still slow to get to that phase, but I'm working on it. So the world is still safe for, for a while. And yeah, for a while killer. at least. Uh, it's yeah, you know it, it, that is almost uh, like the path I took to. Now my my experience with tabletop gaming is um, minimum at best, uh, but it's it is exactly kind of how you described it. Like it starts off with video games and it goes all the way back to the original Final Fantasy mm. on regular Nintendo for me, um, and then you know following that series for years and decades even, and then I was yeah, I was a Magic the Gathering player. As a, uh, we'll call, we'll say teenager, maybe preteen, um, and that I actually just picked that back up because uh, my brother-in-law wanted to uh, start you gotta playing. You got to be careful, man! Like, ah. It's like World of Warcraft; like you can't just play. Sometimes you have to like commit and get into it. Because that's why I had to quit playing Magic, is because one Friday someone shows up with this OP deck and just destroys everybody. So during that next week, until you play again, you're putting cards together and we're going to the card shop. And I was spending like a hundred, yep. two hundred dollars a week. Um, and, yeah. and and it got so expensive. Like, I legitimately probably spent $1,000 at a card shop in the period of 30 days. Yep. And I'm like, I don't, yeah. I have to spend $1,000 just to feel superior to my friends. Like, there's something <laughs> wrong with that. I just, there's got to be a cheaper way to feel better than, to feel and make myself self feel better than them. So, I don't know. Yeah, for me, so as a teenager, when I played, I, you know, there was, I didn't have that because, you know, oh, sure, you don't have money sure. as a teenager, but as a 31 year old and with income, uh, yeah, literally we, we, we bought uh, intro decks like, like you and started playing. And then my brother-in-law, he went above and beyond me. Like he bought a couple boxes of boosters. I bought one and a half. I split a box with him and bought one on my own. And, uh, we haven't played in a while just cause you know, base our kids are starting to play baseball and stuff. So it's uh, life is getting sure. too busy during the baseball season, but uh, I have a feeling once it gets once the summer's over, we're gonna be back at it again. Yeah, I, um, I made the joke but, to one time to started playing Magic the Gathering. I was like, leave it to us to take a game where a pack of cards costs two dollars and turn it into a hundred dollar a week addiction. Like, I don't know how that happens just so effortlessly for me, but oh well. It's it's it happens for me. My poison mm. is comics. I I. Uh, I have to not go to a comic book store, otherwise I will be spending thirty dollars a week, <laughs> if not more. So over a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, on I think I just things. can't leave the house. Like if I have money that can be spent, I just can't leave that the house. And someone has to go on our router and like block Amazon so that I can't get to it, and then I'll be okay. Yeah, I I'm lucky enough to where uh, a uh, I'm given an allowance. I'm only told oh, I can too. spend I'm X with you on money. There. I'm, I'm in the allowance train. I hear you. Yeah, and uh, and really, like, 
when I'm not physically somewhere, I have a lot of willpower. So the digital world, like I cannot, I don't have to go to, I go to Amazon. I look at everything I want, but I know, Oh, I'm not going to buy it. I don't have to. I don't. That impulse is not there right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, And then for Magic the Gathering, just like you, it went to Dungeons and Dragons. However, for me, it was, we had a teacher in high school that was like, wanted to start a club, a D and D club. And, uh, we tried, me and a buddy tried it out and no one took it seriously. So we're like, all right, whatever, we'll leave it alone. And I think I've played maybe two times since then. Uh, and again, never really taken seriously. Uh, the first time I played and got taken seriously was on party mm-hmm. one. And that fueled me to like, I spent my entire day today when I should have been working, creating a character for this campaign nice. I'm joining on Saturday. So it is your D and D when you're in that mindset is it's, an addicting yeah. kind of you know you, you want to just hammer away the like one thought leads to another thought like you have some imaginative idea about this one thing and it just blows up like i have to make sure i've got at least a clean slate as far as a schedule goes if i'm going to sit down and start working on lore or something homebrew or make a character or an npc whatever i need to have some time because it's never just make that one thing if i'm like i'm going to draw a little map of a dungeon before the night's done, I've start. I've drawn my dungeon map. Also, the area that leads into the dungeon, the area that leads out of the dungeon, who built the dungeon, <laughs> when the dungeon was built, yeah. why it was built. Like I just, you can't stop. It's so hard to stop. I uh, my my buddy who's the DM showed me all the maps he was working on, uh, the ones that he could show the players. And it is insane how much detail uh, a DM yeah. can get into for oh, yeah. the story. Uh, so I think it, uh, you know, it's probably self-explanatory, but it sounds like, uh, D and D was your first yeah, D&D tabletop 2.5 and D that was the first ever that I played. And we played a campaign that never really ended, uh, or we never finished it at least. We probably played for about six months and I'm talking like I would show up at this dude's house at like 8 PM and we'd play till like six in the morning, a couple nights a week. Like that is what we did. Um, oh, wow. yeah. it was, I was oh, lucky wow. enough. I was single at the time, obviously, <laughs> very obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd get off work, um, eat something at home, go to the beer store, go to my friend's house. And that is what we yeah. did because I, I could have done it every single day. I would have done it. I just, I was so into it. So, so you got like by the first game. By the time our first game was done, very similar to what you were describing. The first time we played um, was the guy who was going to be our DM. We went to his house. There was like ten of us trying to play. It was me, some friends, their girlfriends, and um, what have you. No one was taking it seriously but me, and I was taking it very seriously. I was trying to do all this stuff, and everyone else was just completely ignoring the DM and just doing their own thing. So when that was done, Mm -hmm. I. I remember I took him aside and I was like, can we do this again? But like for real. And I will tell me what I have to do. Do I have to pay you? Do I need to bring something? What can I do to keep doing this? <laughs> it's I now. So as a player, I, well, I'll ask you this. Do you prefer playing? I don't or, or know. DMing? I don't even remember what it's like to play a character. I've been, I've been DMing. Oh, wow. Um, God, I mean, see it. it you mentioned that you didn't have a whole lot of experience with tabletop games. This is going to make me sound like the biggest yeah. poser in the whole damn world, but neither do I. Like, I am not very well versed. Like, I've played um, D&D 2.5, um, 5th edition, Dungeon World, 
um, Lasers and Feelings, Everyone is John, and like one other game, uh, Lady Blackbird. I've played for six games total, and I haven't even played for that long. Like this okay. is maybe five or six years now. Um, but it's just it's one of those things oh, wow. that like it got me and I got hooked to it. But um, I, I liked playing a character when yeah. I was playing a character as far back as I can remember from that. Um, I, I like not being responsible for everything else. And very in, in particular, the guy who was our DM, well, he was a very good DM, very um, very acute sense to uh, sense of detail. Like you could go into a tavern and I could be like, how many tables? And he would have the number of tables written down. Uh, you know, all the tables would have four chairs, oh, wow. except for these two tables only have two chairs. I mean, this guy knew his stuff. So it was very easy to be drawn into the world. Um, so, I don't know, living that world and exploring it and learning it for myself as a character was really fun, but I, I think it was really once I started being a DM myself that that's what really got me finally hooked. That was like the the nail in the coffin, if you will. That's what really pulled me in, I think. All right, we're back again. Um, thanks to Jason Ashley for being on the show, uh, not only for being on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, it's now my turn to mess things up. You heard him right there say that, you know, I wasn't, I was gracious, the gracious host, because like I, I ignored the fact that uh, we had miscommunication and whatnot. Um, now it's my turn to apologize to him and say, I'm sorry that we have to do this again, but I can't wait to sit down and talk with Jason again. We're getting right. We're, we're even closer to scheduling something out, uh, within the next week or two here. So he'll be coming up very shortly in the lineup of shows, um, and I can't wait to sit down and talk to him because, again, um, you, he is an excellent storyteller, just like Jeff, just like all these other great game masters out there. Um, and his his concept for his show is an excellent one. Um, and we, we talk, we chat every now and then outside of podcasting. Now, here's what's really cool about uh, and, and it, I go on about this in other podcasts. Here's what's cool about me doing this show and, and sitting down and talking to either other podcasters or, or just interesting people like I've formed friendships now. Like Jeff and I um, are talking about doing something together at some point. Like even he doesn't know what that means. Like we just have a, a very small um, idea that's kind of uh, percolating before we can make it into a bigger idea. But like I want to work with Jeff. I, mean, I talk to Jeff, you know, when I can, and I listen to all his stuff. And like I consider him a you know a, a super friend. He is a super friend, and I can't wait to work more with him. Same thing with Jason Ashley. Um, I you know, I consider him a super friend now. Like he's, he's cool. Like he's doing me a solid and I hope that he in some way I can return the favor to him and help him out with something, be a guest on, on his show or, you know, whatever else he comes out with in the future. Um, and, uh, you know, just an awesome dude. Like I, I, I loved talking to these guys, loved meeting these guys, and I hope to work with them in some capacity in the future. That being said, let's go on to someone who I have worked with in the past, may work with again in the future, someone that I've known since the beginning of my podcasting career practically. Um, ten years ago, I started podcasting. Um, that's an epic feat. Like If you told me ten years ago that I was going to podcast for ten years, I'd say you're out of your mind. Um, ten years ago... I was still kind of in the mindset that I was going to be a wrestler. So, and I did that for a long time, probably six years, seven years, something like that. Um, but 
to, to think that I've been doing this, talking to a microphone for 10 years is kind of cool. Like it's, it's, that's a third of my life that I've been podcasting. Um, that's amazing. And I've known, uh, Joe Kaliva for 10 years and, you know, we haven't talked for a couple years, but like anytime that, you know, I have something cool going on and we usually interact on Twitter or Facebook a little bit. And, um, it was cool that he, after, after 10 years of knowing him, that he hasn't, uh, gotten too big for me like he he's still willing to sit down and chat with me about things and he was one of the guys that I wasted two hours of his time when we first sat down and talked and I felt horrible over two hours and I felt horrible about it uh and again you know just like Jeff just like Jason he instantly said yes absolutely I'll do the show if you have if you just need someone to talk to when you don't have a guest lined up like I'll come do the show we'll shoot the shit so Joe was more than happy to do it. Um, what you're going to hear is you're going to hear uh, part of a conversation that I didn't expect when we sat down and talked, and that was um, us talking about podcasting, and, and you don't get the full story. I think we kind of revisit Him and I have already sat down and re-recorded um, uh, his conversation. So uh, next week's episode from today will be part one of our conversation, and then we did get into a part two of our conversation with Joe. Uh, so episodes 11 and 12 will feature Joe Kaliva. Um, that's in the next two weeks, you'll be getting those two episodes. Um, and we get the origins of his nickname in this little mini clip, uh, Cosmo Joe Kaliva. It's a funny little story. Um, we talk podcasting, something that, and we didn't revisit it in, in the conversation we recorded. I just got to say this now is that we, um, we went into unexpected territories, uh, when we first sat down and talked, like we got into like parenting and parenting advice and just like weird conversations that if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have had, I would have told you you're out of, my, out of your mind. Um, so such a cool conversation with Joe that, you know, I guess the one benefit of losing some of these conversations I had with Jeff, Jason, Joe, and Derek is that they are now just a special moment in time that I had with each one of these super friends of mine. Um, and that's something that I think we take for granted in today's world is just that we want to capture everything. We want to take pictures. We want to take video. We want to take audio. We want to capture everything. Um, and sometimes we forget that it's just living in the moment is what's important. So, um, the one positive I've taken away from losing all this stuff is that for four people for over five hours of my life, I got to capture a moment in my time, um, that you're getting a little glimpse of, but the rest of the conversation is mine and Joe's, or mine and Jason's, or mine and Jeff's, or me and Derek's. Um, so that's cool. Like, I do have that. Like, I got to know these people on a deeper level, and um, I think that will you'll see something in our next conversation about that. So I, I'm babbling. Let's get to Joe. Here is Joe Kaliva, um, the origins of Cosmo Joe, and some podcast talk right here, only on awesomepodcast.com. So I've had the pleasure over the last almost 10 years of podcasting to meet an array of people. And it's so awesome in that time frame when you can reach out to them and they don't say no to you. Uh, and that's this week's guest is kind of a throwback to how we used to do podcasting, uh, you know, between me and Santoro and Jonesy and Jay and all my past co-hosts. Which was, it was, it used to be a very music oriented world, which is not me. If you know me, you know this podcast or any other, uh, podcast I've done. I'm not really a music guy. I'm a talkie guy. My pot, my phone filled with podcasts. Um, but there's something about, uh, I don't know if you want to call it indie music or unsigned. I don't know what it is. 
uh, I call it indie is what I call it. And there's something about that, whether it's local Philly or it's anywhere in the world that you would consider indie, it always grabs my attention. That's the music I listen to. And one of my first friends and contacts in that world was our guest today, uh, who I think was him and his band or whatever they were. Uh, they were our maybe third ever interview and or third episode interview. And I don't know if he even talked on that show or if it was his the, the front lady. Is that what I we think call a good her? Title. We can we can call <laughs> the artist, the, the front lady. Uh, so. So, but eventually he became part of what I'll dub the HHWST family. And um, he is, you know, still a, a friend today, I'm, I'm glad to say. Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to kill me for reminding oh, him of this nickname, Cosmo <laughs> Joe Kaliva. Right here on Everything is Awesome. Thanks for hey. the show, man. <laughs> Thank you. Now that you reminded me of that, uh, that nickname, I think uh, I'm going to have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> I completely, you know what, man? As soon and as you said he's going to kill me for reminding me of this nickname, I was just, it just came back to me that quick. I was just like, oh, no. Uh, I guess we'll have to explain that that nickname later. So, so this goes back to, like, month one yes. of, of the HHWST show, uh, Happy Hour with Steel Tip. Um, so, so the way Joe and I met – was through I don't was it was it the Shannon Cole yes. band was yep, that the I name was, of it uh, I was the I was kind of a, a manager slash band leader and doing artist development for uh, an independent artist like you said uh, named Shannon Cole and um, and honestly man I don't I can't remember how you first contacted us but I remember I think it, you know like you said you kind of did a lot of focus on indie bands indie music and and I think uh, you, yeah. you know she just kind of popped up on your radar. Uh, yeah, something. So Santoro was the yes. producer for that yep. show, and and he's the one that booked all the guests that we had. I say that like we had a plethora. It was it was a select few, all local uh, Philadelphia people, um, and somehow we got hooked up you guys, and we interviewed you on the show, and then that somehow led to. Uh, what was it? The city yes. of brotherly love. Uh, that, show? Yeah, that's right. The city of brotherly the love show. Um, and, and that was at the the Trocadero at the right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yes. And um, and then that's when we all kind of clicked <laughs> and became friends right. and and whatnot. And somewhere between there yes. and was it Doc Watson's? <laughs> Good old Doc, Doc Watson's. We did what is my first ever, only ever. I want to call it a live podcast. We kind of emceed the event, right. I guess, but it was like a mixture of our podcast and you guys doing music and inviting all your you know, you know other musicians on to uh, perform the show. Somewhere in between Brotherly Love, Doc Watson's, Jonesy and Santoro <laughs> developed. I wasn't part of this. They developed the nickname. Okay, uh, Cosmo. Joker, yeah. Well, no, no. I ha- I, okay, so I'm going to have to set the record straight here. Uh, so yes, I, I, you know, you, you just brought back a whole lot of memories in a very short amount of time there, man. You know, playing at the Trocadero, the City of Brotherly Love show, uh, Doc Watson's that you know uh, Shannon played very frequently, and and we did shows there. <clears throat> but I remember one specific show you guys. It was, and I'm, I'm not going to remember the name of the venue, but it was down in Old City, uh, uh, um, and you guys came out, mm. and uh, you know, <laughs> I guess I can say it now. She's she's. Maybe the statute of limitations has run out, but uh, you know Shannon was under twenty-one at the time, and uh, you know you guys came out to the yeah. bar and we were doing some shots, and I think, 
Yeah. <laughs> Multiple oh, rounds that. of shots. I think it was the first time I ever had kamikazes. Uh, you guys introduced me to that. But um, so we, you know, after we got finished our okay. show, we decided that, you know, we need to carry on this partying and, and go to another bar down the street. But at that bar, um, it wasn't so easy to get <laughs> Shannon a drink. Uh, so I had to order it for her, and uh, we said, "We said, okay, what do you want to drink?" And I'll just order it, and then you can, you know, you can drink it. And she said, "I'll get, you know, I'll just I want one of those cosmopolitans okay. because I guess Sex in the City was big at the time, and you know, she had heard about cosmopolitans. So, not knowing what a cosmopolitan was, I just looked, I just looked the bartender straight in the eye, and I said, "I said, yeah, like, hey man, can I get a cosmopolitan?" <laughs> and he just he just looked at me and like I mean and man I haven't seen one episode of of uh, Sex in the City I didn't even know what the cosmopolitan was and he goes he just pauses and he goes for you <laughs> and I said yeah for me and uh, yeah and then you guys quickly jumped on the uh, because I mean I think you guys took a picture I don't even know where it was posted because I mean was this pre Facebook I don't even remember it was definitely. Uh, Facebook may have been. Yeah, we were big on MySpace. Bit. I say big. Yeah. But MySpace yeah. was the thing back then. Because this is. Almost yeah, man. It had to be at least. Ago, yeah, 2005, 2006, somewhere around. Yeah, God. It was. Because we. I think. I don't know if I've. Went, so this show originated as a show. Okay. Like, hey, let's talk to other podcasters. But then I realized the pool of people I can talk right. to is really small. So I opened it up. So I had a couple people on, and I keep on going into the history of this, of me and podcasting, uh, and I want to say we've discovered that the around June of 2006 right. is when okay. we did like a pilot of, and then and then by, I think by that yeah. fall we started, because I think the show ended okay, before yeah, 2007. Okay, I remember, yeah, there was another reiteration, and hey man, you know, I mean, I'm glad that you kind of brought that up, because uh, I'll say this, that... You know, I guess prior to 2006, I, you know, I kind of had heard the term podcasting and, and I didn't know what it was, but I, I wasn't really big in the podcasting. But um, being on your show, speaking to you about it, it really kind of ignited my curiosity and, and my love of it. And uh, then I became, mm. in all honesty, man, I mean, I can I can probably hold my phone up to the screen right now and, and show you my list of podcasts, but I, I am really a podcast junkie. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, I got really big into photography around 2009, and I basically was taught through photography podcasts. Uh, you know, I listen to entertainment podcasts and the music podcasts. So um, you really kind of, like I said, ignited that fire, man. And, um, it, you know, to the point where, uh, I mentioned right before we started taping that I actually tried hosting my my own podcast about a year ago, and um, yeah. I, if it achieved nothing, uh, it it definitely gave me more of an appreciation and love for the the amount of work and and passion that it goes that goes into doing these so things. Um, there is so much work going into a podcast for the majority of people. Where you don't the the the, the return isn't right. I, I don't want to say the return isn't great, <clears throat> but essentially the return isn't great. Like what ten years of podcasting yeah. has taught me yeah. is just do it for yourself and and do it for the the yeah. love. Like I I just love sitting out and talking to people, and that's kind of the concept of this show. It's like let's sit down and talk to interesting people. Like whether you you do like you're a musician, so like most of the people I talk to are going to have right. something that they do and want to promote obviously. But like I have a buddy who lives down in Alabama that 
I just love (laughs) talking to him about the Seth. So, like, that's a show to me. So that's, like, after 10 years of, like, Eagles got in the way of Happy Hour with Steel Tip. um, And then Eagles got in the way of every other show. uh, And then at some point it was like, hey, let's try to do a podcast network for money and let's, like, make money off of this. And you'll never be happy if you're a podcaster doing that. Like that's what I've learned. You kind of right. have to just go into it and say that's absolutely Let's just do true. It for me. And, and that and that's where my podcast was was kind of born out of. Um, about two years ago, I got really into bluegrass music, um, which uh, you know I, I think probably like most people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would hear the term bluegrass, and I would just think of you know old men in overalls sitting on back porches with bloodhounds um and then man as soon as i really kind of gave <laughs> yep. it the time of day and and a little bit of attention and, and i said what it's a virtuosic it unbelievable style of music and and as a musician and as somebody especially as somebody that appreciates independent music um it's completely independent and oh. I, I don't know whatever i was just i just really kind of got super engrossed in, into it. And so one of the first things I did being a podcast junkie was yeah. go on the, you know, podcast store and, and look up po- uh, bluegrass podcasts. And <clears throat> one, I found that there was none that I was looking for. I was looking for like, inter- uh, like podcasts like this that were more like long form interview. I wanted to find out more about the artists and their history and their, and their, and you know, yes. their workflow and their process. Um, and there was nothing out there and, and anything that was out there, kind of stereotyped it you know it was it was kind of like you know guys talking in false accents okay. and you know yeah it's bluegrass hour here blah 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 i'm like oh god this is you know i'm looking for something that like takes it <laughs> out of that stereotype you know and, and shows it for what it really was so after not funny yeah. thing i was like well screw it i'm gonna do it myself <laughs> you know and and I, and I have to and i do have to admit i mean there you, you know, go i did think a little bit like how hard can it be <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I learned quickly it's very hard uh, because you know people only hear the end product where you know yes. you and I are sitting here talking but there's the hours beforehand where you're contacting guests for uh, you know to set up the interview then doing the interview then editing the interview then posting it then marketing it yes. you know and all that stuff. okay Welcome back to Everything is Awesome. I'm Kev, if you haven't been paying attention to this. Um, as I said, this is the What Could Have Been episode. Um, we've just listened to three clips, um, probably about uh, averaging 10 to 12 minutes apiece, um, of past guests that were on that were so cool to come here and just kind of you know do the show you know, for me, with me. Uh, and they're willing to come do it again because things just got messed up. So, big shout out to Joe Kaliva. He is definitely someone that will be on the show again. He's someone I've known for 10 years, as I said before. Someone that I hope to work with in some capacity. Uh, but uh, definitely a cool guy. We had another cool conversation that you'll get to hear over the next two weeks on episode 11 and 12. So, stay tuned for that uh, coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, coming up next uh, is the final interview that I had issues with. Um, and that was with uh, this guy who hit me up. Uh, and you'll hear me say this in, in when I intro him to the, to the little clip that you're about to hear, but like, that was another cool milestone, um, of someone coming to me and saying, I want to be on your show. Can I be on your show and talk about what I want to talk about? And that's DJing, that's AIDS activism. Um, a lot of cool things. It's just a super cool moment in my 10 year podcasting. I, again, I think the fact that all four of these guys were just so cool to come back and say, yes, we'll absolutely redo that show. Um, I think is the coolest moment in my podcasting career. 
of, of over 10 years. But this, this is a very, before, before that, before this happened, that was my, this was my number one cool moment of him coming to me. Um, so what we're going to get into is actually probably one of the most serious conversations I've ever had. And that is about Derek and about, um, you know, something he was born with and having to go through some, some open heart surgery and, and having to deal with pacemakers and having to deal with HIV and AIDS. And, um, it's, it, it gets, it's a really serious conversation and, um, him and I are scheduled to talk uh, in a couple of days, so he'll probably end up being episode thirteen. Um, so, so you'll see him in about three weeks here. But um, and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk and be serious again, and, and then probably get into some um, little lighter stuff and whatnot. But like, this is an important topic. Like, just because he's the fourth one in in the line here, I kind of I just I'm doing this in the order that I recorded uh, originally. Um, doesn't mean he he's last, but certainly not least. He is um, has an important message, um, and make sure you you check him out on Twitter. I mean, he's big in in AIDS activism, and um, you know hashtag and stigma man. Like he has some important stuff to say, and um, it's I, I I guess I just can't stress how important it is. Um, super cool dude. He's a super friend. Um, you've been listening to Everything Is Awesome only on AwesomePodcast.com. Check out Derek. Now, we'll be back one more time to exit the show. Now, this week's guest is going to be a important guest, a special guest even, because, uh, well, I'm sure he'll have other reasons for it to be. But for me, it is the first guest in my 10-year podcasting career that has come to me to do an interview or be a guest on the show. And that's just like one of those cool, in 10 years in, as we've said uh, in the previous weeks, uh, talking to some people about uh, podcasting and stuff, you know, I, I look at little uh, milestones here and there much differently now than I did 10 years ago. Well, 10 years ago was about numbers and now it's about cool things like this uh, where I don't necessarily have to hunt someone down to come on the show. Someone's like, you know what? This sounds like a cool idea. I want to be on it. And that's this week's guest. Uh, he's also uh, a DJ, uh, an AIDS activist. So expect this interview to get serious probably at times, which is a, a change of pace. Though last week we got serious with parenting advice, I guess. Uh, but and, and, I, and he, I think I told my guest, but I'll let him know now. And as my listeners know, I do zero pep uh, prep because I feel like that gives us a better, more authentic uh, conversation. So without much uh, further ado, Derek, and I'm going to butcher your last name, Kanyas? Kanyas. Kanyas. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for not only being on the show, but for like coming in out, coming and reaching to me. No problem, man. I've seen uh, the website and all the stuff you guys do. It's really awesome. Uh, so um, I'm going to kind of th- go a different direction than I normally go because you are one of the few guests that, um, as I assume um, active you are in the public, I could find very little on you without like reading your Twitter timeline or reading like your um, your your Facebook page that you sent me. Um, and, uh, you know, usually I go to like a website to get some more details. So I want to let go to you to go kind of go to the starting point, since I would imagine there's kind of two areas that you may want to focus on, um, whatever, whether it's the AIDS activism, the DJing, I'm sure one leads to the other, uh, go to your origin point. Let, let's, let's get to know you. <laughs> well, when I was, um, three months, three, three months of age, I had a, um, my family found out I had, um, a heart problem that was um, needed open heart surgery. 
And so I was Ooh. sent to a hospital and I had open heart surgery in 1985. <clears throat> and I required um, okay. 15 cut blood transfusions throughout the course of surgery and recovery. And at the end of all that, I also got a pacemaker. So I am a oh, wow. I am a battery operated DJ on top of everything else. That's a I guess that could be if uh, you know I'm assuming after all these years you can spin that as a kind of a cool cool thing. Oh yeah, I use that to my advantage all the time. So um, what? So is there? I don't know. This is. This is where I, you'll see, and my fans will see my weak interviewing skills. Um, so, you get the pacemaker at three months of age. How does that? Because I don't at thirty-one. If if you were to tell me, um, yeah, I got a pacemaker when I was in my twenties. I don't know what that means. Like, do you need to, with uh, a better term, term, get recharged uh, every so months, especially as a child? And um, no, they don't recharge them. They actually have to go in and do surgery again and replace the entire thing. I'm actually on my fourth one now. Okay, so is that something? Now, obviously, I would imagine the younger you are and the older you are. Uh, that's something that they have to be very careful of. So is there, um, I guess, did you have, like, how long do they last? And they can last um, anywhere between seven to 10 years, depending on how often they have to step in and intervene with your heart acting up, because it's basically there to keep your heart from having random pulsing beats and different things that tries to just keep you on a steady rhythm and pace. And my, my heart's okay. terrible at doing that, so mine lasts about six, seven years. So, um, did they ever, like, is there a reason, I guess that's just a, a birth defect, or was there, like, a reason that at so young you had a hole in your no, heart? No, it wasn't a hole. It was um called transposition of the great oh. arteries. I was what was known in the 80s okay. as a blue baby. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that term, but I was getting unoxygenated no. blood back to my body. And so they okay. went in and corrected that by they've actually pretty much kind of cut the top of the heart and reversed the flow of the blood back. And when they did the surgery, they interrupted what is known as the stenatic node, which is the electrical system of the heart. And that's what led to me mm. needing the pacemaker. Okay. So um, I would imagine that after all these years, we'll say, I guess, 85, so you're probably about 30 years going on 31 uh, you're almost an expert at, at this, I would imagine, at this condition, at the pacemaker and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I've been through it. I've seen all the – I can read all my own reports and stuff. It's, it's, I don't really need the doctors around. Like, if they do the, do the test, they can just hand me the folder. <laughs> uh, so how does that affect you growing up? Like, obviously, I mean, I, I guess as a baby, you you only know what your parents and family told you, but – once I guess you around when maybe you got your first uh, uh, swap out, um, it's probably around the age you can start remembering things. Uh, and so, so how did that affect I you? I mean, it really wasn't bad. I grew up so much in hospitals. I was always around adults. So I've always been kind of above everybody else on a mental level when it came to that with the ability to, to talk and speak to people because I was always talking to mm -hmm. doctors I, when I was seven, eight years old, I knew everything that was wrong with my heart and I could go in and, you know, a doctor never, 
you know, question what I knew because they knew I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> mm. Uh, so, but did it affect you? And, and, and I, these are probably just, uh, ignorant questions. Cause I really, I just, uh, I don't know anyone with a pacemaker. It's, it's not in my life immediately, uh, at the moment. Um, how does that, does it affect you? I guess physically, like, is it limit you? Yes, is, is it does. Because, um, I, it actually, it has parameters and mine actually does where it has a, lowest heartbeat that I can get to and a maximum heartbeat. So if I get up and I decide I want to go work out, I don't get to do a whole lot of high intensity stuff because if I start getting above 120 beats a minute, pacemaker kicks in and will immediately start pulling my heart back down below that to, to not let it overwork itself. It sees that as an issue. So I, I constantly have to keep myself in check with what I can and can't do physically. And it sounds like even at a, a young age, you you grasp that. So I guess, you, I mean, I guess playing as a child wasn't really affected. No, as a child, I really, really never, I never noticed it much. Um, so uh, how, where does that lead you into... Um, DJing or AIDS. I don't know what comes first, the DJing or the AIDS activism. Um, and, and, or more so into music since that's kind of, you know, that's the industry. Well, the, the next progressive step for me was the, the AIDS activism stuff came into play at 16. I was diagnosed with AIDS because of the bad blood transfusion, 1984. I'm actually one of the oldest oh, okay. living people in the, country by that long without treatment i went almost 16 years all right uh welcome back this is the final leg of the show uh the final leg of what could have been just a quick reminder i want you to check out all these guys on twitter at party of one pod at tc ft podcast at Joe Kaliva and oh my god, I'm sorry, Derek. I just I don't have a Twitter in front of me right now to to properly promote you. At DJ Rex eighty five, I believe. If not, just search Derek Kanye's um, and you'll find him. Super cool dude. Um, all four of them, super cool. Um, they're all super friends. Check out their podcast, Jeff, Jason, and Joe. Check out their podcast. Go subscribe to their podcast. Go learn a thing or two about tabletop or bluegrass. Um, leave positive reviews for them because they all deserve it. They're all super friends. They have all agreed to come back on the show. I've already sat down to talk to uh, Joe Kaliva for a second time. I'm sitting down to talk to Derek uh, in a couple days here. And um, and and probably be talking to Jason shortly thereafter. And, and Jeff is just a busy, busy man uh, making his podcast magic. So, you know, we're, we'll get together for sure. He's absolutely agreed to do it again. Um, so, I, again, I can't stress enough how awesome these four guys have been. Um, it, it just makes me smile that I'm, I'm really lucky uh, to have um, collaborators to friends that are just cool enough to come back and do this without hesitation. 
Um, and you know, we have some more exciting guests coming up. Uh, we're, we're in the process of scheduling something with Ace Marrero. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name, Ace, but Ace will be coming on the show. We ha- we're scheduling something up. Um, he's an actor out in LA, East case, East coast boy that moved out West. Uh, he's involved with some cool projects. Um, he's going to sit down and talk to the wonderful world of acting and whatnot and, and producing and writing and stuff. Um, we're going to a few others, uh, nothing def- definitive yet, but, um, we have, we have good, uh, you know, couple weeks in front of us. So, um, I, I just, I, I can't, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry guys. Episode 10, big moment for me. Um, I like, I like, uh, having milestones and episode 10 was a milestone. Um, and, and I guess as much as, a, as it is a celebration in failure, um, it's a celebration in knowing that, um, I'm in a community of peers and friends uh, that understand that things happen and are more than willing to come back on the show to help me out, to help me get content out there for you guys to help. You know, they obviously have a message they want heard, but you know, I don't look at, I look at this show as not a show that really is out to promote something specifically necessarily as much as just promote awesome people who do awesome things. Um, so I guess, like, like I said, I think that, that in celebrating this failure, we can also celebrate the fact that I'm part of an awesome community and have definitely made, uh, if not already had, strength, I, I strengthened and, and made close friendships out of this. Um, we, you know, they are my super friends. Uh, Mike and I were the original super friends of That's Entertainment, Crudimer Studios, of Everything is Awesome, if you will. Um, and now, uh, I think that, uh, the next four people that can be in like the super friends, uh, hall of fame for sure, if anything, uh, is Jeff Stormer, Jason Ashley, Joe Kaliva, and Derek Kanyas. Please give them a round of applause. Make yourself look like a fool as you do that, uh, in the middle of your work day. Um, and just make sure if you could do me a huge favor and check them out. Uh, because they, they've now, uh, doubled the time spent with me to get these podcasts out to you, um, and me and, and to me. So big props to them. Uh, make sure you check me out on Twitter at HHWSD. You check the show out on Twitter at that entertains. Uh, you go to iTunes, you leave the rating, you leave the review. Um, hopefully it's five stars. Hopefully it's positive. I won't tell you what to do. But I'm hoping that you give us some love because we really are just, I, I, I love doing this and I love talking to people and I hope you love listening to all of it. Um, so for Everything is Awesome, I'm Kev. You can check us out on awesomepodcast.com. Everything is Awesome is produced by Crude Humor Studios. For more information about the podcast, please visit us online at awesomepodcast.com. Or if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at advertising at crudehumorstudios.com. Stream and download all episodes on iTunes. While you're there, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you're a fan of the show, please let us know by following us on Twitter and Instagram at That Entertains.